0: Hey everybody good morning thank you so much for joining me this is harriet with down to earth the show in which we talk about the issues that matter and today is tuesday july 7th so today is also my 17 year old daughter's 18th birthday she turns 18 today so just say happy birthday to her her name is anna i can't believe she turned 18 that's just so incredible where did the time go so now she's grown And she's going to be off to college in a few. (laughs) And I feel liberated. I was telling myself last night, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done with this stuff, right? It it feels good to be done, right? (laughs) I missed you too. (laughs) I missed you too. Uh, So I'm done with children now. I'm done with raising children my youngest i have two daughters and two children two daughters and she's off to college i'm as done as you can be wow <laughs> that felt liberating to say that A heat just came over me but i want to talk about something today so i'm kind of still the stage because i have to introduce some levity to this to talk about this right and uh because this is a serious thing we have a serious question and a serious case of violence against women in America, and we all know that, and it's kind of shocking because as an industrialized country, we are the only industrialized country in the world that has such a high record of violence against women. In fact, in our country, 92% of women who are killed are killed by someone they know. We have the highest percentages of female homicide in the world of industrialized nations. So when they sit down at the G7, these are not the issues they talk about. When they sit down at the G7, they talk about issues that men relate to, trade and money, money and power, money and power. Who's shifting the balance of power? Who should we welcome into the G7? Who shouldn't be? That's what they talk about. They don't talk about the issues that we women seem to care about. And one of them is homicide against women. And it's one of the reasons why women like myself advocate for stricter gun laws and I know everybody is going to get uptight about their Second Amendment rights. Please keep in mind that we all have Second Amendment rights. So it's not exclusive just to some of us. It's all of us. We all have it. Some of us just choose not to have it. The real issue that I want you, my audience, to help me with is to highlight that when women are in situations and in relationships that have a propensity for violence or a potential for violence, they're most likely harmed. Do you want to know what that statistic is? It's 94%. So a woman in a relationship that has a potential for violence, 94% of the time, she is harmed by that violence. Now, where does guns come in? Well, the statistics are, again, that 96% of women who are harmed are harmed by gun violence. And typically by someone they knew. So today we're going to talk about Vanessa Gillen. And can I just... Have a moment of transparency here where I said I didn't want to touch the story from April. I didn't want to touch it because it it resonates too deeply with me. I looked at the young woman's face from she was missing and I knew she was gone. And I didn't want to touch it because it's a painful reminder of my past in my book through the fire i talked about i wrote about how i lived with an abusive man whom i was married to and who beat me within an inch of my life and but for the grace of god i could have been missing my family in detroit and in maryland and in florida and in other parts of the country uh, could have read about me being missing but for the grace of god do you see what i mean so i didn't want to touch the story because it was too deeply personal but I kind of have to talk about it because if women like me don't talk about it, if people like me who have survived violence and who have lived through violence don't talk about it, then what is the hope for the rest of us? So Vanessa Gillen, she's, she was only 20 years old. She's been missing since April and was last seen in the parking lot of her barracks at Fort Hood. Uh, According to the U.S. Armored Criminal Investigations Division, her remains were found on June 30th. She was bludgeoned to death with a hammer in the armory room where she worked. Her body was transported from the military installation by her killer. Uh, Said citing details the family learned during a meeting. She was bludgeoned to death. The thing with this is that her family reported her missing, and uh, when her family reported her missing, nothing was done about it. Do you see what I mean? Absolutely nothing was done about it. They didn't look into it. They they didn't see it as something that required uh, uh, any kind of action, right? It, and so now it brings to mind all these questions as usual is what happens when women in these situations are, 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 reported missing, right? It, it's kind of crazy to me because it's, it, it sums up an idea that I'm having issues with and it, it's wherever there's totalitarian control. It seems to me that for some reason men are just reluctant to ever investigate when a woman goes missing and especially when it, it appears to be a case of violence towards her, not a case of, let me put it this way, not a case of community violence but a case that is specific to her it seems to me that male investigators or male leaders don't want to touch it it's almost as if they think it's not my problem it's not something that i should be involved with and i can only say this in my personhood with all that i am with within my voice that violence against women has got to stop And the cover-ups that control it, the cover-ups surrounding these must stop. The the affinity and brotherhood that protects male perpetrators has got to stop. Now, I'm going to lose most of you all who are my followers. Most of you all who watch me, listen to me, and enjoy me on Twitter and on YouTube, I'm probably going to lose your support. But the real truth of the matter is that this has got to stop and immediately there is a cover-up that is always involved. There's a cover-up that 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 covers when these incidents happen, even when they don't know each other. The brotherhood and affinity that a man who just beat up his wife, or killed his wife, or killed his girlfriend, or his baby mama, or some woman, he thinks he should have a relationship with. That's the one, that is always covered up. Why? Why that, that she's a woman? Not because I understand this. That it it comes down to. I'm I'm beginning to feel as if. We're always objectified that because I exist in this personhood of being a female, that means every man who sees me, he has the right to invade my personal space and come and touch me. And if I don't want to have anything to do with him, I have no autonomy and I have no control over that. It's all about him and what he wants to do. Let me give you an example. I pulled up at my house a couple of weeks ago, a couple of days ago. It might've been Friday. This Negro, this individual pulls up. I don't know him from Adams. He's driving past in some beaten down pickup truck. And he decides to start having a conversation with me. There is nothing in my demeanor or posture that invited a conversation with him. So finally, I said, can I help you? The police were driving past. And luckily, the police were driving past. So they stopped long enough for him to move right on. Do you see what I'm saying? It's almost because they must, I don't know if they come, come around here often or whatever. So they know that people like that are not people whom they've ever seen outside my house. But why is it that every man must feel that every woman is immediately available to them and that she doesn't have a choice or an autonomy over or a free agency over her body to pick whom she wants to be with? So this individual is driving past. I was so he is so lucky. He caught me on a day when I was just calm and cool and collected. Because if it were another day, it would have been another outcome. It would have been something else all entirely. You probably would have seen me on the six o'clock news. Because I was incensed enough afterwards to say, How dare you? I don't know you and I don't want to know you. And I have a choice over whom I want to know why are you going to invite me into a conversation when I haven't initiated a conversation with you? You don't, and you don't do it in a way that is inviting me in. You do it in a way that is largely offensive. Do you see what I'm saying? It's almost as if we we have to go through a process where we men we have to rid ourselves. Men have to start ridding yourselves of the idea that every woman you meet is immediately available you kind of have to wait for her to smile at you and initiate contact for you to say, it's okay. Usually you see it by body language, or if we turn around and acknowledge you and smile, that means we probably are gonna have a conversation. But if we're talking to somebody else and just talking to that person, that doesn't mean that you are invited into that conversation. Do you see what I'm saying? We kind of have to just late, bare, and basic because in a lot of these situations, what you're finding, especially in her case, some guy decided he wanted to be with her and she refused him she complained about it to her superiors and they did nothing about it so she was kind of at his mercy because he was a superior officer that person should not be even in the army and it makes you wonder how much of this is covered up in the army because we know it happens because men are going to use their totalitarian control and they're gonna use it and they're gonna use it and hurt people. Do you see what I'm saying? And this is why I appeal to you guys because I ask you when you are around your daughters, your nieces, your friends, your ex-girlfriends, your current girlfriend, your side piece, just laughing, uh, your mistresses, your wives, your friends, your co-workers, your female co-workers, can you just be there sometimes? I, I I see you all go, you go out to bars and stuff and social events and you see a woman is just there just to be herself, right? She's not it sending out signals that I want to go home with someone tonight. She's just really sitting there and there's always some guy, you all know what I mean, hovering, trying to be there. And some of you are good enough, you just go into the conversation and say, yeah, hey babe, do you want to ride home? Just to make sure that some other guy sees that and will leave her alone. Sometimes a woman is on the dance floor just having a good time dancing by herself. You don't know what kind of stress she's trying to relieve. And here comes some guy who wants to rub up on her. Do you understand what I'm saying? It happens at parties. It's probably what sparks a lot of stuff at family reunions. Some single woman gets up to dance or she's with someone and gets up to dance. And somebody else just feel like it's his right to be with her. It's his right. Where is her right? What if she doesn't want to be with you? What if she says the relationship is over? Can we not have that? When my ex-husband was beating me up, I document that in my book, Through the Fire, when he was beating me up, he thought that he should be the one. I kid you not. He thought that I had no autonomy. And he told me that he was my God. I kid you not. Read the book. He told me that he was my God and I should bow down before him. And I have no choice in the matter about being a person. I was just supposed to do whatever he said, move whenever he said, and I should not leave him at all. I kid you not. It seems as if I had no choice. Do you realize that this is what happens to a lot of women who are in violent relationships? And let me just say this. I know you guys are out there and you're like, well, you guys, you girls kind of just end up with the wrong dude. Yeah, we do. Because the good guys don't come forward. (laughs) But seriously, it's because when we meet someone, the last thing on your mind is, is he going to kill me? Is he the person who is going to kill me? No, just like you, we want to meet someone and enter into a fruitful, productive relationship that is mutually beneficial to all of us. I didn't say friends with benefits now. That's a whole different conversation for a whole other day, right? We want to enter into a conversation and into a relationship that we both feel safe and loved and it has all the benefits of a good productive relationship that's really what's at the back of our minds is he the one is he going to be the one but oftentimes sometimes what happens is you meet a guy who's covering up who has a cover-up for all the stuff that he has done and then what happens is we end up being at the end the the bad end of the delivery sometimes even his community, his family, his friends, they know that this is the fifth or sixth woman they have met in four years that he has introduced them to. And every one of them has had the same story that he beat them up. And the friends and sisters and brothers and uncles and parents do nothing about it. They never talk to him. They never tell him he has an issue and he should go get some help never and so the cycle of violence and the pattern continues some people are violent and they have a pattern i have there is a link you can google it for a profile of an abuser what you will find is that an abusive person is an abusive person regardless of gender there is violence in in same-sex relationships right so two women together in a relationship We've seen violence in that. That is just as violent as any other. You've seen, we've seen violence in two men in a relationship. That is just as violent as any other. Violence is violence. And wherever violence happens, typically a woman uh, is, is, is the loser. Sometimes when we go out to talk about this, men like to say, well, you know, women are violent towards men. Can I just give you that real statistic? Like less than 2%. It's not even enough to statistically corroborate the incidence of men and women in a relationship, and the man ends up being the abuse. is less than 2%. 98% of violence in relationships is directed at women. And that's in America. I'm not talking about anywhere else. That's just here. That's in America. Do you see what I'm saying? So we have a problem with violence. And oftentimes the people who are are violent, if they're violent to me, they are most likely going to be violent to other women whom they're in relationships with. And this goes on and on and on. In this case, this young woman was a soldier. Had her family not raised the alarm, we would have never heard of her name. We would have never heard of her. She has now joined the statistic and the annals of women who exit a, a relationship. She wasn't in a relationship. Well, she was. This was not a romantic relationship. This was a relationship with a man who wanted to be in a relationship with her, who bludgeoned her to death in the room where she worked. Now, really you want to ask, where? are if the army is investigating, I imagine they have cameras. So there's photographic and video evidence and documentation of how he transported her body and took her off the base at Fort Hood. There's just something about that Fort Hood uh, base, though. I mean, they, they, it just seems to that they always have violence down there. They probably need to uh, go exonerate it or something or exorcise it. <laughs> there have been shootings at mass shootings at Fort Hood. Uh, there's just something about that. Is that one of the the bases that is named after a Confederate general? <laughs> We probably need to do something about it. Just maybe we need to rename it and just call it the fourth of good reports. The fourth of independence. How about that? The fourth of July 4th, right? Because seriously, right? She was bludgeoned to death in the armory where she worked. You've got to understand what is in a person that makes them so violent. That someone whom they are romantically interested in, it would drive them to the point of violence. And oftentimes what we do is we blame the victim, right? I see somebody saying, can you see when we're typing? Sometimes, not all the time, not always. Did you make a comment before? I didn't see it. No, I didn't see your previous comment. But I can see you now. Say something, right? But do you see what I'm saying? I need you guys to help us. We're vulnerable. You all. You need to, you, you, you need to help us. If you see, you can, and I'm not saying there's some places you can't interfere in. You can step outside and call the police because sometimes you might interfere and you end up getting shot, right? But if you see a woman struggling to deal with some overbearing man, just step outside and call the police and say, you know, there's a situation going on here. I think you guys should show up. That's helping her, right? Do you see what I mean? Uh, This is crazy. Beautiful women are in trouble. Say that again. I tend to think that all of us are in trouble. We're all in trouble. We're vulnerable. It's just as if they see you. And immediately my personhood is suddenly a magnet for everything that is bad. It's just a magnet. I mean, people just want to come at you. Do you know that we... Do you know what I was explaining to my brother... Uh, I think it was last year, I was explaining to him what it's like being a woman. Obviously, he's male. He's been male all his life. He has not a clue. And I said to him, let me explain to you what it's like being a woman. Every time we wake up in the morning to get dressed, we have to think about, we think about where we're going, how comfortable the environment will be. But you know what else is at the back of our mind? If I wear this, is it going to invite unwarranted attention? Is it going to make me susceptible to catcalls and people? Case in point, it's hot as hell in Michigan. It's hotter than Satan's cove. It's so hot that you can fry an egg on the sidewalk. Michigan, who just recently emerged out of a cold spell. It's crazy. We're not accustomed to it. So you know what is the, 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 the wardrobe of ease? Shorts. And shorter the shorts, the better because your skin is literally burning up. Even when you have your car's air conditioning on, if you have to go to the store from the building to the car, is a problem. Yesterday, I'm just case in point. I am wearing shorts and a tank top because it's what? Easy. Do you really think I'm gonna step out in the public with short shorts on? Hell no. I put something on around my waist Just so what? I will not attract unnecessary attention. Is it fair to me? No. You know what I really wanted to do? Just wear shorts. It is hot. But I know that as a woman, if I walk out like that, I'm going to receive my fair share of negative attention. I don't like it. And I don't want people coming in my face because it threatens my sense of personal safety. Hello, somebody. But do people stop to take this into account when they're approaching women? No, all they're thinking about is their own gratification. I'm I'm grateful to you for acknowledging that. So I make sure that I'm covered. Why should I in the middle of a heat wave in Michigan? We're on like day five of a heat wave in Michigan. Why should I have to go to those extremes? And every woman does this over and over again. Now I'm wearing a tank top, but that's because... I have a shield between you and I. The shield is the anonymity of the internet. It's the camera, so you can't see me or touch me. But if I were to appear in front of you, definitely not. We've got to stop this objectification of a woman's body and listen to the message and not necessarily view the messenger. Do you see what I mean? Sometimes a woman just wants to be a woman This young lady was bludgeoned to death. Is it fair to her? It definitely is not. She just wants to be a person. Why can't she just be a person? Why does it have to be about what they want, right? Why does it have to be about what what they, they want it to be? Why does it have to be that? Why couldn't it just be her? And why couldn't the man who was her superior, I'm not going to name him, leave her alone. The question really is, what is the army going to do about it? She's already dead. Was this preventable? I imagine they have sexual harassment laws. I imagine they have sexual harassment protocols and good, bad contact between superior and, and, and subordinate, right? But where was that reporting mechanism when she first reported that this man was harassing her? Why wasn't it stopped? Why wasn't he stopped? Why was he still allowed to have access to her? Now, I guess the investigation is going to reveal how that happened. But if she reported it because what she told her family was she reported it and nothing happened. Why? Why do we still have this culture that if a woman comes forward and says that someone is harassing her, Why do men who are in authority view it as it's nothing? Years ago, a young lady I know, she had to leave her hometown of Troy, Michigan, and move to Houston. Do you know why? Because she was being harassed and stalked by a young man. She changed her Facebook name. She changed her name on Facebook. She went to a different college. He showed up on the campus of the college. She goes back home. She has no peace. She went to the police department to report it. You know what they said to her? A pretty girl like you must be used to attention. The guy was talking her. He showed up at her gym. He showed up when she went to Starbucks. He showed up everywhere. There was no- She felt trapped and powerless. She moved in groups. So there were always a group of friends around her. Then he would send her messages on Facebook. No matter how many times she changed her Facebook name. He would send her messages like I saw you jogging. He would take pictures of her and drop it in her mailbox. I kid you not. And the police's response was a pretty girl like you should be accustomed to attention. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Once men start to recognize they, uh, oh, they are the creed and their partner, the beer of heaven. Right? Do you see what I'm saying? Why does this have to happen? I was reading someone's comment, right? Why does this have to happen? Why do, do men view women who complain about unwanted attention? Why do you just view it as he's harmless? It doesn't mean anything. He just likes the girl. My body is mine. I own my body and the access to it. I don't share my body with you because I choose not to, do I have a choice in the matter? It's just like that creep who pulled up outside while I was sitting in my car parking my vehicle. I did not invite him in, do do I look like someone who invites unwanted attention? I didn't invite him in, what made him feel that he could do that? He is so damn lucky, it is unbelievable. I kept shaking my head, my daughter kept looking at me like, mom you are so calm about this. I said, I'm trying to deescalate before, you know, before it gets to a level. I wish she would just hurry up and move before I really get out of my vehicle here and start doing something. Because violence against women, that's a form of violence. Don't come to me unless I invite you to. And get this, we women are in the same position, no matter what color you are, no matter what your socioeconomics are. If you are a woman and you are fixing up your house. And your husband leaves to go to work. And the contractor comes. Somebody on that contracting team think that they should have access to you. You know how they start? They take advantage of your kindness. So they come to ask you for a glass of water. The next day, it's going to up the ramp to a glass of juice or lemonade. Then they start coming into your house. And they feel like because they are in your house fixing stuff, suddenly they have access to your body. So they start uh, brushing up near you or telling you you're pretty. Or telling you they want to, you know, just some stupid... And after a while, you're like, what the hell? It's almost as if men are socialized to think that all women are available to you no matter what. And there are no barriers. There are no limits and no controls. Isn't that the craziest thing? Now you understand why we have a rape culture. Because if men are socialized to think that all women are available to them and that there are no controls or barriers, what are they gonna do? Some of them are going to act it out. There are some men for whom it's, hey, and you don't respond to that, they keep it moving. Some men look at you and then they keep it moving if you don't respond. Some say hi, and if you don't respond, they keep it moving. And then there are some who have a thing in their heads, they've lost their mental awareness that they think just by you existing is an invitation. It's dangerous. That's what contributes to the rape culture. That's what contributes to violence against women, especially these random acts of violence. Now, in an intimate partner situation, that's a different dynamic that is powered by power and control. In much the same way that dynamic extends to rape, because rape is about power and control. It's, I am going to show her that I am in charge of her body and she's going to do what I say because I'm in control. That's what rape is about. Violence against women is about power and control. Has it always existed? Yes, but we never had the voice or the power of the voice to speak up. It took more, it took centuries for us to develop this voice to speak up and to have the support of some men. There are men who support our movements, not because they're gay, not because they're this or they're that. They're just men who think it's wrong to impose your will on a woman. I remember years ago when uh, the current president was running. You remember when the video emerged of him saying he grabs women by the P? And the furor that that created amongst men. They were like, there's nothing wrong with that. He's just a man. I remember asking my boyfriend at the time. I said, would you like it if men said if a man, some random dude, just felt like he could do that? And he said, no, I wouldn't like that. I'd probably be strapped up. I said, but that is exactly the point. I said, that's exactly the point. Do you know I was on a radio show as a guest with a popular radio host here at the time. And when I objected to it that it was objectification of women, the guy threw me off his radio show. He never invited me back because I objected to it. He said he didn't see anything wrong with it. And he thinks it was okay. And he threw me off. Never invited me back. He ended up losing his his show. Not because of anything I had done, but just because that kind of thinking translates into action. If you think that women are beneath you, and therefore are objects for you to control and and mystery. That kind of thinking eventually is going to translate and manifest as actions against women. And one day you're gonna piss the wrong woman off and you're going to find yourself fired or out of a job or or out of something. Because we need as a society to become conscious that women are not sexual tools and ploys. That's not the reason why we exist. And if we are sexual tools and ploys, it's for the men we choose to be with. It's for whom we choose to be with. So you as an individual, you see some chick and you like her. You like how she looks and so on. It's up to you to go initiate a conversation with her in a manner that she will find non-threatening. And it's up to her to accept it. If she chooses not to, just walk away. There are plenty of fishes in the sea. But for the love of God, don't go hunting her, stalking her. I, I, I kid you not. One of these days, I'm going to move back into a gated community. I'm telling you the honest truth. I, I'm just telling you. The more barriers you have between you and them, is the less likely. Sometimes when I go out, I, I, I tell my children, I'm like, you go out in the store. I don't want to go have to deal with this today because it's almost as if a woman's body is a feeding tree. It's a mechanism. We're not a person with a head. We're not someone's wife, someone's sister, someone's mother, someone's aunt, someone's best friend, someone's friend, someone's advisor, someone's mentor. We're just two two breasts and a vagina. That's what we're reduced to, two breasts and a vagina. And all that that is is to provide glory to some dude who thinks that that's all that that is. I kid you not. If I ever run into that creep again, I doubt he will come back around here. But if I ever run into him again, I swear to God, because I was so offended, I had my daughter with me. You're objectifying me and objectifying my daughter. How dare you disrespect me? And I don't set myself up to be disrespected. This young woman is dead. She's never coming back. Her family, her sister, her mom, all of her community are going to mourn her forever. Why did she have to die after she reported the incidents to her superiors? Why does the government, why does the army keep shutting down these things? Why does men in power continue to exercise power over women? You do not have autonomy over women's bodies. It's not automatically it's not automatic. You must engage her and ask her permission. Can you guys teach that to your sons and your nephews? Can you tell them that instead of telling them there to have cat calls at women, instead of telling them that it's okay for them to just look at a woman and just tell her she can come. Can you teach him how to approach a woman Can you teach him to... It starts by you teaching him how to respect his mom. And a lot of you are going to be like, well, I respect my mom. Do you? If you respect your mother, how are you making fun of another female's body? How are you looking at another woman's body as if she's two breasts and a vagina? Your mother is a girl. You came out of a woman's body. I don't care if they went and did a sex change. If they didn't have a uterus, they couldn't have made it. Hello, somebody. Do you see what I'm saying? We got, we got to bring this into context now. Uh, we got to understand what is going on in our conversations around the pit fire and the bonfires, and around our the tables in our homes and the bars, where men sit down and pour all their angst out in a in in a, in, in, a, in a in a in a glass of liquor, and blame women for their own shortcomings. You got divorced, but you don't tell your barmaids. And your home is that the reason you got divorced is because your wife caught you cheating. She saw a text message or she smelled something on you or you're not coming home. You sit there and you mope and talk about how you're a good provider. But did you tell the backstory that they caught you with cheating and they saw lipstick on your collar and lipstick on your penis? That you gave her a venereal disease and she decided to have some issue with it. So you sit down and then you come up with this blanket idea that women are... And so you're going to treat women as if. But you don't talk about your own culpability in the matter. That you have your unresolved issues that you never went to therapy for. And your excuse is to slap somebody around. You slap the woman around you're with. You yell and you scream at her as if she's not a human being with feelings. But you sit there in a bar pouring out your feelings to your homies. You sit at a card game and you talk about women like they're nothing. We're seeing that with Jeffrey Epstein. Jeffrey Epstein made billions of dollars selling women's bodies, selling young girls' bodies. He got paid, well paid by very wealthy men who had everything to lose. Simply because young women's bodies were just a vagina, two breasts and a vagina for a man to enter in and have his pleasure. He did not care one stock about how those people would feel when they grew up. All they cared about was what? having sex. Are you hearing me? They cared only about their own pleasure. And this is why we're having the issues in our community and in our society that we're seeing. Jeffrey Epstein was unchecked. They, he did whatever he could. He did it without fear. He was protected. He paid off everybody because these people apparently had a lot to lose. Some of the most well-connected politicians of our time were his clients, businessmen and leaders of industry. What leaders? Whom they were leading. Are you seeing what I'm saying? So if they're doing that, what's Joe Blow out here supposed to think? He thinks it's okay for him to see some woman driving down the street and pulled up to tell her he would like to have a conversation with her. She didn't invite him into a conversation. She doesn't even look like she's in the same social group as he is. But him in his head. Just get it into his head that it's okay. Are you hearing me? A woman is going to the gas station. She's at the gas pump. She's thinking about dinner and what she has to go home and do. She's not thinking about having some conversation with some loser. She goes to a bar to have a drink. Because she has too much on her mind. She's trying to get rid of all her stresses. Here comes Joe Blow, sliding onto the seat beside her, looking like nothing but somebody who's going to be on the 6 o'clock news in just a minute. Here you are at work, trying to work to take care of your bills, your expenses, your life. And here comes some guy who thinks because he has managing director or vice president or director behind his name, that means that he has access your fair game for his body. Are you hearing me? That's what happened to this young lady, Vanessa. She has a name. Some guy who was her superior felt that he had access to her body. And so he began the process of deactivating her autonomy, which ended up with him beating her up in the same place where she worked, transporting her body to dump her remains so that there would be no evidence of her existence left on the face of the earth. She was beaten so badly, they could only identify her by her dental records. He beat her in her face. Profilers will tell you that someone who knew her, he wanted to erase all vestiges of her personhood and her existence. So he beat her in the same face that she used to say, no, I'm not interested in you. I don't want to go out with you. I don't want to talk to you. Please leave me alone. He erased, he attempted to erase everything about her existence off the face of the earth. Her face was bludgeoned so badly that all that was left of her to identify her were her dental records. Now it's up to some mortician. To put the pieces of her face back together so her family can mourn what's left of her. Vanessa Gillen was 20 years old. She hasn't lived yet. She hasn't gotten a chance to live. She's in the army. Shouldn't she feel protected? Isn't that the place where you feel like you're surrounded by all the big guns? Instead... That's the place that never protected her. They left her to the mercy of some dude who felt like it was his power. He had the power. Can I just ask you guys something? What's with you and power? My ex-boyfriend explained it like this. He says a man to, to power to a man means he has access to more women. He said a man seeks after power and money because it gives him more access to women. That's what my ex-boyfriend said. He said, that is the reason why. Is that why it is so important to men to have power? Do you like to exert power? Some of you, not all of you, over women. And the more we resist, the more we say no, it's like it ramps it up. Like that dude who pulled up. When I wound my window up, wasn't that enough to say you are dismissed? He was still standing out there and I had to get out of the car. So finally, I said, what do you want? I said, can I help you? I just want to have a conversation. I was like, get... Do you see what I'm saying? It's like, the more you try to push back, is the more they come forward. We got to stop this. This this, this needs to stop. How many more Vanessa Gillens are out there that we haven't heard of? They're probably not dead. Physically, but mentally... Emotionally and spiritually, they are. This is not just in the army. This is in every facet of American life. It's in churches. God shut those down. Thank God. Yeah, because they were against the order of God. That's not what Jesus stood for. Hello. Jesus didn't stand for the oppression of women. You busy up there telling women they can't wear makeup. They can't do this. They can't do that. Everything is a woman's fault. What about the men? I was in a church too. I was a minister on staff they blamed me for men looking at me. They never held men accountable for being unable to control their desires. They never held them accountable. They want to hold me accountable that I should not wear clothing, that I should look, wear something like a house that covers me and never held those men accountable for looking at me in the first place. That's not the order of Jesus Christ. No wonder God had to intervene. Send a darn pandemic that shut and is going to run most of them out of business. It's shocking because all it comes down to is power and the misuse and abuse of power to use and misuse their power to hurt others, to hurt people who are vulnerable. People come into your organization. They expect to work and get paid. That's it. Instead, they get something else. They get long hours that they have to work to be alone with a boss whose idea is to always rub up on them, coming close to your space, violating your personal space, asking you questions about your life. And when you start saying no and resisting, they move you out of that section, demote you, and then spread bad things about you. That's how they do it in the corporate world. They're slick. They move you off the team, send their emissaries to put you out, and then spread bad things about you, that she's not a team player, she's a this, she's a loony, she's a crackhead, she's a this, everything that is bad. The minute a woman says no, she's called a bitch. I say that all the time. I can always tell the woman who says no, because that's the one who is vilified and the one who is bitched at the most. Honestly, if I wanted to be famous, I could have done so. All I had to do was go sleep with somebody. I knew exactly who it was expected of me to do. When I didn't, I was called every name in the book. Ostracized, vilified, pushed out because I didn't want to. I felt like it was my body. I should have some autonomy. I don't believe that that's my way of climbing the ladder. So you get vilified. So they talk about you. And they say, that one, she has too much mouth. And she won't get anywhere because she has too much mouth. Hello? Y'all know me by now. I'm going to tell the truth and nothing but the truth. So help me God. I could have gone further if I had played the game. You know what was the game? Sleep with whoever wanted to sleep with me who was in power. In whatever field it was. When I didn't... I got called names. She's a B-I-T-C-H. They couldn't say the W word, but they did call me bitch. She has a mouth on her. Don't talk to her. She's feisty. She has a mouth. Why? Because I tell you don't touch me or I tell you I'm not interested in being with you or I tell you don't take a photograph of my daughter on your phone and then tell her to give you her number. Don't do that. That's what you call being feisty. Then I'm going to be feisty every day of the week. Because as long as I live, you're not going to take advantage of me or my children or any woman who comes and complains to me. I'm going to shut you down. Because this has to stop. Because, see, I have learned that once you don't say no and once you start saying no, you know what happens next? It becomes an exchange and an interchange. The more you push is the more they push. They seek to overpower you. And when they can't, they rape you. And then when you talk about it, they beat you up. Your body ends up in the Detroit River. And if they can't somehow kill you off and send you into the river, at the bottom of a river or the bottom of a lake floating, then they kill your career or they bludgeon you to death in the armory at at Fort Hood. That's what happens when women say no. In a lot of ways, I don't always agree with everything about the Me Too movement. But in a lot of ways, I see what it is seeking to address is to unearth the system of power that empowers people to take advantage of vulnerable of vulnerable people. In a way, I see it and I agree with that because as long as they continue to have their power base, they'll always feel like they can grab women by the... Hello, somebody. As long as they feel like they have the power base, you are nothing. They will call women a bee and a W every day. As long as they feel like they have the power base, they're going to grab you by the, and they're going to, and they're going to stop until they bludgeon you to death. Whether they use that actual bludgeon to bludgeon you, or whether they bludgeon your name or your career or your reputation, just because you say no to their bullshit, they're going to do it anyway. Come on now. It is what it is. I said no. They walked out and left me because I said no to their bullshit. I was called all kinds of names. She's a this, she's feisty, she's this, she's a this, she's just a bitch, she's just a bitch, she's just a... Why? Because I said no to the BS. As long as a woman says no, she's going to be called a bitch. Ladies, if that's what it's going to take for less of us to die, for less of us to end up on a slab where a medical examiner has to determine the details of our death because we didn't live to tell the story. If that's what it's going to take, then you know what? We're going to stand up today. Whether we stand up under a Me Too flag or whether we stand up by ourselves, but stand up, we shall. So I am saying to you guys, if you can be hover over your daughters your nieces and tell your sons teach them how to interact with women tell them tell them tell them tell them that it's not okay when a woman says no walk away there are seven billion people on the planet one says no keep it moving you don't have to use your position of power ladies and gentlemen especially you guys watch the society the tide has turned We're no longer in the Confederacy. Look at what is going on. Jeffrey Epstein did it and thought he was so arrogant. He was above the law. He knew everybody. Nothing could ever happen to him. He's dead in a New York City uh, jail cell. That's where he was killed. Watch. The society has changed. Harvey Weinstein was a powerful mogul in Hollywood. Nothing happened. Not a deal was made that he was not a part of. Where is his ass today? Broken and shunned aside. Matt Lauer thought that he was the, he thought he was it at NBC news. He raped the wrong girl on the wrong day. And where is he now? That day and time when it was all consuming power, that day and time is gone. They're going to find this dude. And even though Vanessa might not live to see what happens, her family will have Justice. And then uh, the, the thing about her vulnerability, what makes her especially vulnerable is the color of her skin. She's black. She's a woman of color. She's brown. She's a woman of color. And because of that, that makes her especially vulnerable. Do you see what I'm saying? White women will enter into these situations. They won't emerge killed all the time. They are just as scarred, just as wounded, But at least they live to tell the story. And there's so many women now. This is why the media focuses on a white woman who is killed by an intimate partner because it's unusual. They make it sound like it's unusual. Black women and brown women get killed by intimate partners and it does not make the six o'clock news. It doesn't make the news. We've got to change how we interact with women. We've got to change. I get my book through the fire. I am here today because I live to tell the story, not because of me, but because there is a God in heaven who thought it was okay to save my life. And I determined after that, that if I can stop this, if I can save one woman, then I'm going to do everything that I can to do that. So get my book through the fire. It's available on amazon.com and and barnesandnoble.com. I so appreciate you taking time out this morning to hear my story. Vanessa Gillen's story stories on cnn.com. G-U-I-L-L-E-N. Just put it in Google. You'll see the story about her. Come on, work with me. Work with me here. I, I implore you, work with me. We got to stop violence against women. We got to stop it. My name is Harry Kimmick. Thank you so much for being a part of my experience this morning. Go to my website, HarrietKamek.com, as well as get my book, Through the Fire, available on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and wherever books are sold. You can download the Kindle edition, the electronic edition, or you can get the hard copy mailed out to you. And for more information, go to my website, HarrietKamek.com, as well as listen to my podcast on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever your favorite podcast platform is. Thank you so much to my audience on Block Talk Radio and to all of you on Twitter and to those of you who continue to listen to us through Anchor FM and Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much, everybody. It's Tuesday. Be blessed. Thank you.